Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. How long did it take you to get your first deal? Did you have like a mentor on the way? Were you watching videos, courses? Absolutely no mentor, uh, which I should have done. Like if, again, uh, the mentorship, a, a legit mentor, obviously, is going to cut the learning curve. For me, uh, I chose, I was YouTube University. Yeah. I had a Wherever you guys are watching this show, I would truly appreciate it if you follow or subscribe. It helps a lot with the algorithm. It helps us get bigger and better guests, and it helps us grow the team. Truly means a lot. Thank you guys for supporting, and here's the episode. Welcome back, guys. Got a great guest for you guys today. If you are interested in real estate or wholesaling, I got Nick Luvano in the building, Flip King. How's it going? Amazing. Great to be here, Sean. Yeah, it's good to finally meet in person, man. It's been, it's, yeah, I've obviously been a couple of your events. Get to finally kind of, you know, uh, get in depth today. Yeah. I've seen what you've been doing for years. Very interested in the model. How did you get started in wholesaling? Actually, first of all, what is wholesaling? So wholesaling is essentially being the middleman, right? Um, essentially, you are the middleman between the seller and the actual end buyer. Mm-hmm. So essentially, a good example would be if I offered you 100000 for your property. Keep it super simple. And I, you know, found a buyer who was interested in that property. And I said, hey, I have this property. You know, you can flip it or you can turn it into a rental and the cost is one thirty. Mm-hmm. Well, that buyer is going to do his due diligence, going to possibly walk it and agree upon that particular price. So the seller, you will walk away with a hundred grand. Uh, I will keep the spread of 30,000 and that end buyer will end up purchasing it for 30,000 and either flip it sell it for 200 225 mm. or just turn it into a rental. So you're like the middleman. Nice. Yeah, in between. And how hard was it getting started? Did you need a lot of money? Did you need a lot of connections? So I, I tell people this. If you're out there and you're looking to get involved in real estate, and a lot of people don't have capital, uh, number one, or number two, they don't have expertise. Mm-hmm. Flipping a house could be ridiculously scary, whether it's a $100, $200, 500000000 million price point with no expertise. Right. So uh, for me, anybody looking to get involved – um, wholesaling is your way because there's no cash, no credit, and very little experience necessary to earn a profit. Mm. And then with that profit, you can, you know, you know, choose to reinvest it, and then obviously, hopefully, get into fix and flip rentals like I, you know, did down the road. I like the model because you're providing value on both sides. You're helping the seller find a buyer, helping the buyer find a, a house. Seems like it's a win-win. Yeah, a lot of times the sellers in uh, different situations. They could be distressed, divorced liens, judgments, a, a death, or they're just tired. Mm-hmm. They're 60, 70 years old. They live in California, but their property is in Dallas. And they're like, I don't feel like dealing with it. This guy's offering me X amount of dollars as is, and I could walk away in 14 days cash. Right. Like, so they're, they're ultimately, you know, we've, we, we call ourselves a solution-based, you know, company to where we're going to create a creative solution to help out that seller. Mm. So how long did it take you to get your first deal? Did you have like a mentor on the way? Were you watching videos, courses? Absolutely no mentor, uh, which I should have done. Mm-hmm. Like if, again, uh, the mentorship, a, a legit mentor, obviously, is going to cut the learning curve. For me, uh, I chose, I was YouTube University. Yeah. I had a, a buddy of mine with a little bit of experience. So we teamed up 
and started door knocking foreclosures mm. for 30 days. Wouldn't no one be inside though if it's foreclosed? Um, no, the, the sellers are going through foreclosure. Oh, okay. So pre-foreclosure? Yeah, pre-foreclosure or foreclosure with an actual auction date. Right. So you would knock on their door and say, hey, do you need help selling this? We And foreclosures are very difficult, challenging, you know, conversation with anybody. They're right. going through like a crazy situation. So for us, it was our pitch was like, hey, uh, you know, we heard about your situation with the bank. Okay. Because <laughs> coming at someone going through foreclosure saying, hey, you know, we want to buy it. It's just a little bit aggressive. Right. They think you're kind of manipulating them. Put possibly. Right. So we'd go in with that. And to be honest, we, I didn't get a deal. Mm. Uh, you know, doing it that way for th- my first 30 days. Wow. And that was tough. I, we were driving from Los Angeles to Sacramento, California, and we'd knock every foreclosure happening from L.A. to Sacramento. Yeah. Uh, we'd leave on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, come back like Sunday. Monday. And no deal. Zero deal. Um, not even like a potential lead. Oh, my gosh. And uh, it wasn't until I started telling people throughout those first 30 days that I was buying houses to where uh, – actually a referral shout out to today's sponsor rocket money guys you ever feel like money's just flying out of your account well this app might be able to help you because there's something called subscriptions that are eating at your bank account every single month and there's apps you don't know about delivery apps streaming services you name it you're probably getting charged a monthly fee by a lot of companies and you don't even know you can see all your subscriptions in one place on the rocket money app and you can cancel all the unwanted subscriptions with one tap They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months and negotiate your bills to be even lower by up to 20%. All you got to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that basically finds and cancels unwanted subscriptions. They help you monitor your spending and they help you lower your bills. Rocket Money has been a great experience for me personally. They've saved me money. Um, hundreds of dollars on bills. They were able to go through all of my credit cards, all of my bank statements, see what I was paying for on a monthly basis. And I found a ton of stuff that I don't even use, honestly. I had an Xbox Game Pass that was being charged monthly. I don't even play games. That one was years old. And they also lowered some of my bills. My phone bill and my Wi-Fi bill were pretty high. They were over 150 bucks a month and they were able to cut down on those prices. So all in all, shout out to Rocket Money, great product. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash DSH. That's rocketmoney.com slash DSH. Link will be in the description below. Came to me. I said, oh, you know, I know someone who's going through a, a tough situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, you might want to reach out to them. Here's their number. No experience. I'm like kind of shaking on the phone, talking to a seller for the first time. And, uh, that person ended up being 30,000 behind on taxes and also going through a foreclosure. Mm. And uh, my first 30 days ended up getting that property under contract with that seller and made 90 grand. Whoa. First so you found days. a buyer and then you made 90 grand commission basically? Yeah, we should have made a buck 40. If I, if I knew what I was doing yeah. and wasn't 30 days into the business, we should have made 140,000. So what was that mistake that cost it 50K? I think that we were just so young. Right. And we were just, uh, it was myself by my uh, past business partner, we were doing the deal together, but we were just so young and we should have purchased it ourselves, flipped mm. it ourselves. Or, uh, and so we just didn't want to, we didn't want the, the foreclosure date to take place. So we kind of just went with like one of the first couple buyers. That right. like, I can offer you this amount. And knowing, I mean, today we would have purchased that thing. And like, yeah. Cause once the foreclosure hits, it's out of your reach, right? Done. But you know, the goes the, to auction, goes to auction and the seller nor you, I mean, you're bidding on it now. Yeah. 
So how long does a house stay in pre-foreclosure on average? It just depends. I think there's a lot of, you know, for us, we don't target foreclosures, pre-foreclosures anymore. Yeah. Um, just because there's so many programs out there that, that actually people could utilize tricks and, and all different sorts of, depends on the seller, how savvy they are with yeah. the rules and regulations um, that took place. So typically a house can be in foreclosure. If the seller is really like savvy and knows how to use Google, mm-hmm. you're talking about like six, nine, 12 months. Damn. Before an actual like foreclosure date. Wow. It's yeah. a good amount of time. Yeah, especially I mean I live in California, so yeah, it's uh, foreclosure friendly. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that. Yeah. yeah, it must be rough uh, being a house owner there, renting out to people. <laughs> yeah, and then squatters can take place. And I've uh, heard about that. So if they're in your house for what is it a month, they can live there. Oh, they can, they can, they can really camp out for six nine months before you can actually get them out. But in Texas, Midwest, Oklahoma, I mean, it's a lot. It's a lot. Uh, more aggressive yeah so like the the sheriffs with the right you know court date and stuff can get them out within like 90 days yeah i'd rather live somewhere like that personally <laughs> yeah i we i buy a lot of houses in the midwest now not as much, oh, nice. not as much california yeah because specifically because of the tenant laws so okay midwest is like you know very in general. and out yeah the sheriffs get aggressive they knock on your door and they can literally almost but for real like if you're putting so much money up wouldn't you want to feel like someone just can't come in there and live there <laughs> you know what i mean it's a crazy thing because right in the beginning of a lease agreement, everyone's friendly. Yeah. Right. Maybe their credit check, um, you know, checks out or maybe they have a, uh, you know, a guarantor or at the end of the day, once they're in, they're moved in, they're in. Right. And it can get really crazy trying to get them out without paying. Have you had to deal with that? I have. Jeez. I, I have. Um, you know, we utilize um, some pretty good property management companies and then we've like really focused in on the qualifications. Right. For who we allow to live in rental properties that we own. Yeah. So you're also doing rental properties. Yeah. So we, we focus, I'd say like 90% of my business is wholesaling. Okay. Right. The other uh, five is fix and flip. So traditional fix and flip, yeah. try and buy one to two a month. And then the, the other 5% is just primarily, you know, cash flow rental properties all throughout the country. Yeah. So, you know, the beauty of the wholesaling business, it's, it's a marketing business. And you have contractual rights to purchase a property mm-hmm. or to assign it to a buyer mm. for a profit. Wow. So for us, when we contract a property, we don't just, okay, we're going to wholesale it and make 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 grand. So for me, I look at it and I'm like, what's the most profitable disposition? Mm. Wholesale it, quick money, 30 days. Flipping it, you know, a, a bigger spread. You're talking about 90 to 120 days typically. Or just take it down as a rental, cash flow, and mm-hmm. appreciation all day. So you, you pick the model that makes the most sense for the property. That makes, yeah, yeah. That makes and, sense. And that's, that's really what the, that's the power of the, the wholesaling business, which is essentially a marketing business, mm-hmm. is you can figure out the most profitable disposition. Now, if you're new and you're like, man, I'm, you know, I could barely afford gas, you're wholesaling all day, right? right? Or I could, Until you, know, you stack up some bread. 100%. And then, then you have more leverage and you're like, well, maybe I don't want to wholesale it because I don't need 30K or 40K. Yeah. I can flip it, make 90, or just, boom, start to, to build that empire. Mm-hmm. What do you think of this new creative financing sub-two method that's going around everywhere? I think it's interesting, and I think that there's so many ways to make money in real estate. I personally believe a, a jack-of-all-trades is a master of none. Right. So I like to focus in. Uh, I don't do very many sub-twos. Um, I do do like lease options and things of, like, of that nature, but mm-hmm. I think it's great, and I think – if you're an investor out there, figure out what is going to be your one or two strategies and then zone in. Yeah. 
So I think it's great. A good buddy of mine, I'm sure you know Pace. Yeah. He's like the sub two guy. Killing it. Yeah. I, and what's funny is I met Pace before he was sub two Pace. Uh, yeah. I remember he came to my office with Cody, his business partner, uh, years ago mm-hmm. before he really blew up to have a conversation about real estate. So, yeah. He was doing like rentals for a while, right? Yeah. He came. I used to, my office was in Burbank. He came down with Cody, sat down with me, my business partner. And we just talked real estate. And then boom, I just saw this guy. Take Sky, off, man. Skyrocket. But yeah, I think, you know, uh, sub two, great. Just kind of, for me personally, you got to focus in, zone in on, you know, one or two or three, and then just, you know, take it all the way. Yeah. So going back to that first deal where you made 90K, I mean, from there, you've grown tremendously. Now you're doing over 10 mil a year, right? Like, what was that growth like? You know, I came from the network marketing industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think that I was able, I was in network marketing for five years. Mm-hmm. And that's really what catapulted my real estate business. A lot of people don't know this. Mm. Because in that business, I was able, to, I got introduced to personal development. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, belly to belly sales. A lot of, I was public speaking, speaking in front of thousands of people. Right. And I mastered the art of communication. So what took place was I just took my skills from network marketing and then just put it into a bigger vehicle. Mm. And I think that's what a lot of people really got to understand is sometimes you're winning, but you're winning at the wrong game. Mm. Powerful. And, you know, for me, I was like selling products in network marketing where they were maybe the top of the, the top of the chain was like a $3,000 product. Mm-hmm. And I tell people, you can't make a 50000 or 100000 or $150,000 commission on a $3,000 product. Yeah. It's not happening. Yeah. No way. So for me, I just took the skills and put them into a, a bigger vehicle. And then obviously, you know, systems and processes, procedures, hired some mentors, and then was able to scale to, to what we're doing today. Dude, I love that. Because I, I put myself in the same box. I was doing low-ticket e-commerce for a while. And once I made that switch to high ticket info products, high margin products, I mean, my life changed. Yeah, yeah. And, and it took me, I think I started in maybe five to five-ish years to be able to realize this. Yeah, same. And now people can listen to, you know, your podcast and, and kind of learn and say, hey, look, I'm, maybe I'm winning in the car business or I'm winning in the, uh, I don't know, network marketing business or the t-shirt business. And it's just like, hey, I can I have a really powerful skill set. What else can I structure and broker that could potentially give me a higher commission? Absolutely. I love that. I've also seen you talk about the importance of mindset on a few other uh, podcasts. You talk about cutting negative people out of your life. Did you have that issue at first with a lot of people around you? You know, it's funny. My most negative people was when I was in the network marketing business. Mm. You know, people have that, like, perception of, like, the, you know, pyramid scheme, Ponzi, network marketing, guy that makes all the money. So I think that really, um, I guess, grew tough skin, Mm -hmm. tough skin. uh, And so during that period of time, I was able to – you know, realize disassociation, limited association, and then 100% just like, you got to go. Right. And now it's difficult for me to have a conversation with anybody where it starts to turn negative because <laughs> I just kind of get up and look for an exit because it's like I can't even fathom to exchange energy with anybody because it's not going to get anywhere. <laughs> wow, I love that. Yeah, so it's like, and then obviously I grew up, I was like, you know, network marketing, I was probably 20, mid-20s. You know, now I'm older and I'm just kind of realizing like, hey, as you grow income wise, business wise, it's like, you know, the people you're around or the people you let around you, like, what are they really here for? Right. I think that comes with maturity 
and For obviously sure. some big learning lessons. Yeah. It's not like come over and here's this and here's that and that guy's over and you know, not yeah. it's not any of that anymore for sure. I mean, where I grew up, it was so normal just to gossip and talk like about people in high school that it took me a while to get that mentality out of my mindset. You know what I mean? Now when I'm around that, I'm like, can we talk about something else? Are you interested in coming on the Digital Social Hour podcast as a guest? We'll click the application link below in the description of this video. We are always looking for cool stories, cool entrepreneurs to talk to about business and life. Click the application link below and here's the episode, guys. Yeah, I think, you know, um, I think the biggest challenge, I, I have a lot of consulting clients. Now I have my real estate uh, investment business and I have a consulting company as well. Mm -hmm. And part of my, I guess, uh, that program, the programs that I structure with my clients is a portion of his mindset. Yeah. Because, you know, uh, believe it or not, if you're not structurally sound in some capacity, uh, finances, um, you know, spiritual life, um, your relationship, you know, whether you're, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever it may be, and negative negativity is coming from even mom and dad. Mm. It's like, how can I operate at a high level? Right. Right. So you got to really be careful on who you're around and most importantly, who you listen to. Yeah. No, I love that, man. Because a lot of people do have negativity in the family. Like some people won't admit it, but there's going to be some jealousy at play in most families when someone's successful. Yeah, it's a scary thing. And like a lot of times you won't even notice it's happening. No, you don't. It's like, you know, mom and dad are talking about X, Y, and Z. And then boyfriend and girlfriend are talking about X, Y, and Z. And then your friend's talking about going to the, the bar tonight. And you're just like, dude, fuck. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's coming from all different places and you got to be really careful because you can end up you know wasting years yeah what type of sacrifices would you say you had to make to get to where you're at i think the biggest um sacrifice was in the first three years of real estate investing mm -hmm. i was obsessed mm -hmm. with the business and um a lot of people ask me like how did you, how were you so focused or obsessed i was working i don't know seven days a week mm. eight ten hours a day trying to get the business up off the ground, reinvesting, so on and so forth. Uh, and I tell people the bigger the why, the easier the how. Mm. You know, And people are like, well, how can I stay focused? Or how can I not go out and party every weekend? Or how can I you know, wake up? You know, I'm like an old school real estate guy, so I, I'm usually up at like 4.30. Wow. Uh, and they're like, how do you do that? And I'm just like, well, it's, just, it's the reason behind why I'm doing it. Because mm -hmm. once the reason behind why you're doing certain things is strong enough right the why so simple but the why then the how just slowly but surely becomes uh you know a habit and then people start to gravitate toward that because they love for me i'm more i'm very structured right oh it's like i said old school yeah. you know real estate guy i came up in a world where i was like you're up pretty early yeah what was your upbringing like family importance or what was that dynamic like? Uh, i'm blessed blessed both of my parents uh believe in uh higher education, which I still, to this day, still believe in. I'm like, oh, yeah? I'm an advocate for education. Do I believe you need to go to college to become successful? Absolutely, positively, no. Mm -hmm. But I believe, I went to college, got a four-year degree, San Diego State, and I believe it taught me so much, uh, more or less along the facts of I was able to start something mm -hmm. and actually finish it. Right. Where most people, you know, for whatever reasons, may not. So uh, I was really blessed. Both my parents went to college. Uh, they both worked corporate jobs. And I think what I was able to see growing up was uh, consistency, mm. right? They were just the most consistent people Monday through Friday, waking up early, you know, going out. And they worked in the insurance business. Mm -hmm. So they didn't make bad money, 
you know, I saw the fruits of their labor. Yeah, that's commission based, right? Uh, you know, they were actually on salary. Okay. Uh, they worked for like the, these big companies, State Farm Insurance. Got it, got it. Like the Aussies, but they 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 moved up the mm-hmm. chain. And uh, that's I saw. I think the biggest thing was just seeing their consistency and then seeing their fruits. Mm. And it taught me a lot. And then obviously my mom is like old school Hispanic. Like you're going to college yep. or you're out of the family. Wow. High vibe. So I have three brothers. Um, all of us went to college and <laughs> got degrees because it was like you're like that that guy at the dinner table yeah. if you don't. Similar to Asian culture then? Very similar. I'm sure, yeah, yeah 100%. Yeah, yeah. You know, But like I said, I'm very lucky because you know, I guess my mom was preaching education, but at the same time she was preaching you know, structure. Mm. And in order to get a degree, you've got to at least show up to class once in a while. Yeah. you got to pass a couple of tests here and there, and that takes dedication and some structure. And I, was, sure. I definitely was not the smartest guy. Yeah, you can't just – I mean, there's very few people that can just get a degree without studying and structure. Yeah, life. for me, I was like, it took some effort, believe it or not. No, I, I, I'm the same. Like, I, even though I have the street smart with school smart, I always needed to actually lock in, you know? Yeah, you went to school as well? I tried, yeah. I went to Rutgers for a year. Okay. But I was so focused on the business mm-hmm. that, like, if I just focused on college, I would have, you know, got a degree. Which is, a, which is actually a very – interesting topic because i didn't get introduced to entrepreneurship until six months before i graduated mm, so you probably would have faced the same issue i, I would have definitely probably contemplated uh leaving right and my so i got introduced to network marketing six months before graduation uh became one of those like success stories within the company i became top three percent making hundreds and thousands of dollars within six months of getting involved that wow. just was like hit it off the ground so i introduced the concept to my brother who was two years younger than me, and he got so excited about it, started making money with it as well. He actually took a break mm, from yeah. school. Um, so if I would have got introduced, I think he was like a sophomore junior at you know sophomore junior, I'd, I'd probably face that. Same yeah. Challenge. Was your mom pissed? He dropped out. You know what? <laughs> Initially, she was pissed. Yeah. She was pissed, and I don't even remember the conversations, but uh, they weren't they were not good. Damn. But he ended up going back. He ended up going oh. back. Graduated business and now he's doing well. So nice. So what was harder for you, making that first hundred k or going from a hundred k to a million? The hundred k. Yeah, same. The hundred k. Uh, you know, I I was making decent money in network marketing, but it was like whenever you start a new business, I, I tell people this all the time, especially the consulting students. It's like you got to get your first deal done mm-hmm. because your believability is just going to go through the roof. Right. And I remember. Uh, that first deal, although, and this doesn't happen often, like the 90K in 30 days mm-hmm. doesn't happen often. That was like, I believe that was that was God. And, and it was God saying, hey, here's this success story so you can go ahead and, and be on your path. Mm-hmm. Like, I firmly believe it was him 100%. But uh, once that wire hit, I go, this is it. Mm. Like, this is it. Burn the boats. Like, I was in Cancun at the time. <laughs> wire hits in Cancun. That's awesome. So when I get back... You know, I'm doing this thing and my life changed. So the first 100K, million percent. Yeah. And people think I'm crazy when I say that. But, like, I think it took me three or four, maybe three years to make the first 100K from when I started trying. And then it took less time to make a million than it did to make 100K. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I think it's, I, I think if you did a poll, a lot of people would probably feel that way. Um, I just, I just, in the beginning, you're just so like, is this going to work? Right. Right, and I'm putting time, energy, effort, and sometimes all this time, energy, effort, and no results. Yeah, because like you said earlier, you don't know what's possible, right? So once you get there, you're like, oh, 
this is possible. So your mindset sort of evolves, I think. And now you get used to making a million a year, and then there's more levels. And, and keep in mind, I was door knocking for closure. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you right now, that it was the most challenging thing I ever did. Network marketing wasn't network marketing. It wasn't scaling beyond a million. It was door knocking for closures in the summer of 2015 or 16, whatever it was, and having these intense conversations with people in a distressed situation um, in, I'd say, 100-degree heat. Sacramento, Madera, Central California. That's nuts. Gets up there. And you're just getting so many no's, like... You've really pushed through that. Yeah, no's and, and no answers and dogs and <laughs> a gun pulled once. You got it's a gun pulled? Gun pulled. Damn. Yeah, because they probably have other people approaching too, doing what you were doing, right? Yeah, I would leave notes. Yeah. Yeah, I'd leave a note. You know, even if they were mad, I'd, I'd have a pre-written note and I would leave it like in between their door with right. their phone number and say, hey, if you want help, you know, call me. Yeah, but it paid off, man. That led to your first deal, right? It did, it did, and yeah, I, I look back on those experiences and I share them because people that get into any type of business, uh, you got to understand, like, they see, like, the glitz and glamour from all the successful people, right. IG, whatever it is, but you don't know what happened behind the scenes. Hell no, you're in the those first few years. Man, I had, I was depressed, I was broke, I was dealing with a lot of mental issues those first few years, to be honest, depression, loneliness, it's not easy. Yeah, and then you said you, you, you left college, so your parents were probably... Yeah, mom was pissed. Um, yeah, she was Asian, so like she went to the best university in China, and that was super important to her. Nice education. So I understand why she was pissed, but it's a new generation, man. You know, if my kids don't want to go, I'm cool with it. Yeah, I, for me, I feel like I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna present the idea, mm -hmm. and uh, and I guess they're gonna make that end decision. But I, I actually love, um, I enjoyed those first couple years of college. I had a lot of fun. I learned, yeah, I had a lot, <laughs> a lot of fun. Of fun. <laughs> Definitely learned how to talk um, to girls, learned how to network with fraternity brothers and, you know, do business. It was, I made the most of it. 100%. I think people can definitely waste it by just locking themselves in their dorm room. Some kids did that. Which you, is insane to me. Yeah, you got to get out there. Yeah, I was actually also in a fraternity. And uh, the guy that introduced me to network marketing, uh, which also, which the only reason why I got into real estate was because of network marketing. But he was actually one of my my fraternity brothers. Oh, nice! So I tell him all the time, I'm like, man, if you didn't like bring me into a meeting to see network marketing, I don't know, I'd probably be in corporate America, possibly somewhere. Yeah, flown around. Yeah, no, I like those uh, fraternities. They get a lot of hate, but like teaches you valuable skills, and it's almost like a like a mastermind. Like you're surrounded by all these guys, and you can sort of find your clique. Yeah, and I think it's also I, I'm still best friends with. I'd say like six or seven guys. Yeah. To this day, uh, we talk, I don't know, once a week, post text and whatever it is, random FaceTimes. Still really good friends because you have those bonds and those experiences. And they'll be my, my buddy. They'll be at my wedding. That's awesome. For sure. Yeah. Damn. So what's next for you, man? I mean, you're wholesaling. Do you want to stay locked in on this or do you have other adventures you're working on? Uh, you know, I think my, the, the wholesaling business, the flipping business is a cash cow, mm -hmm. right? It allows you the ability to make hundreds and thousands of dollars if you know what you're doing you, you get it done and so now i like to look for opportunities to invest into multiple different uh, verticals that can produce income right uh, and so i'm oftentimes meeting guys just like you and 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 traveling and networking and saying hey look like what's you know not what's working but where where do i possibly see an opportunity mm. 
and then educating myself and, and, you know, you know, pulling the trigger essentially. So I think that now I've become a serial entrepreneur and I'm really passionate about, uh, the time freedom that I've nice. created because my real estate business is functioning, uh, with or without me. Like yeah. I have an incredible team, an incredible staff, an incredible, uh, business partner, and that thing functions with or, with or without me. Mm-hmm. So now I have the time freedom to be able to look for other businesses and then also passion- and spend a lot more time doing the consulting. Yeah. Because I love seeing people go from zero to hero. And I have hundreds of success stories now. That's awesome. Have any of your students made some good money with this? Yeah. I think one of my most successful uh, is doing three, four million bucks a year. Profit? Profit. Damn. Um, and he started with zero, zero experience, and he's only been in the business, I'd say, under about two years out of Orange County. And he was an engineer at the time. He, when he approached wow. me, he was an engineer at uh, Edison making like a quarter million a year. Wow. It's w, a good salary. W-2. And, and uh, I remember it took him, uh, I think it was like six or seven months to make six or seven hundred grand. And then after his first million, I said, he comes to me, he goes, Nick, I should quit my job. <laughs> I go, man. I'm not going to tell you what to do, but you just made double, triple, <laughs> right? Your salary. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he ended up quitting his job. And uh, now he has a big company in Orange County. He's flipping, wholesaling, rentals, and I think he's doing apartments. Wow, that's some Wolf of Wall Street stuff right there. Yeah. And, <laughs> and again, I just think that it's an endless amount of opportunity, whether it's yeah. real estate, wholesaling, flipping, or any and any of these verticals that you see online, it's an endless amount of opportunity. You got to look at guys like me or guys like you're the people that are, you've often times interview and say, "Hey, look, if that guy could do it or that girl can do it, like I can do it." Right. It's like they're just the proof is in the pudding, and and that's also what happened to me. I saw a guy when I first got started to make seventy grand wholesaling. Yeah, it's all perspective. Do you think there's a cap on wholesaling? Do you think it's possible, you know, to make twenty five, fifty, hundred million a year with wholesaling? Um, I think it's, you know, one of those things to where I wouldn't want to sign up for that class right. and build out a company to do $25 million. Um, I just, I see it as um, po- a, a possibility. Would I want to do it? No. I would rather probably get into bigger development, multifamily mm-hmm. opportunities to be able to, because essentially energy for energy, Right. Um, I talked about that, and, and obviously we understand fifty and one hundred fifty and two hundred thousand dollar commissions, which are great. Mm-hmm. But if you're able to get into multifamily, major development, uh, you know, opportunities, now we're talking bigger chunks—five and ten million dollar chunks. Right. You know, three to five years down the road, possibly whatever that deal may look like. So, for me, possible, but I'd, I'd explore other opportunities in the same space, mm. the real estate yeah. space. That's what Grant Cardone does, right—the multifamily stuff. Yeah, he's all multifamily. Um, you know, he, he. I think one of his podcasts, he was talking about. He loved the wholesaling, uh, you know, uh, business as well, because mm-hmm. he's just like you're locking these things up for pennies on the dollar and selling them, no risk to you. But he's more, you know, uh, with the the bigger, you know, yeah. commercial. He has the big fund, so yeah. And, and I think that's. I think guys like me, it's kind of our end goal. We always A talk, fund. We always talk about it. Right, because it's just like there's levels to everything. Yeah, and as you kind of grow, then you look for okay, energy for energy. You know, what do I want to spend my time? Yeah, you know. So I think that, like I said, to answer, to answer your question, definitely possible, but I don't think I'd sign up for that class. Yeah. So you, you're at a good balance now. Do you think you want to reach that nine figure level, ten figure level one day, or are you comfortable where you're at? Oh, 
hell no. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I feel like I'm barely scratching the surface mm. on what's possible. Like I wake up and I'm just like, you know, I woke up. It's, it's so crazy. Uh, three times last night. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I usually fall asleep pretty early, like nine. And I was like, I had to move my workout. I was, sorry, I was working out at five this morning. So I had to get up at four to get, to, you know, 4.15-ish to get to the gym at five. And then I had a flight. So I was just like, but I, I live for this type of stuff. Mm. So absolutely, I'm not stopping anytime soon. Um, and, I, and I think that I'm really blessed because I put myself in a position to like really capitalize on this time before the wife and the kids right. and, you know, other responsibilities. So yeah. we're going. Love it, man. No yeah. burnout yet? No burnout. Uh, maybe I got to cut down on the Celsius energy drinks <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, I'll, I can I could drink, you know, a couple of those. So definitely got to cut out on the, on the Celsius, uh, give myself a heart attack. But no, absolutely not. I'm like hungry more than ever before. Love it, man. Nick, it's been super fun, man. Anything you want to close off with? No, I, I, and thank you for having me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I'd love to share my, my contact info. I know a lot of people, um, you know, want to get involved in wholesaling, flipping. You know, uh, best place to find me is uh, Instagram at FlipKing or at Keep It or Flip It or uh, Facebook at Nicholas Lovano or YouTube Nicholas Lovano. And, uh, you know, anything is possible, you know, um, and I'm super blessed and grateful to be able to have capitalized on a business that's not going anywhere anytime soon. Love it. You heard it here, guys. Thanks for watching Digital Social Hour. See you next time. Talk to you guys soon.